0: Today is November 13th. No news in free agency. Sherrington did his yearly stop on Hot Stove, and it's about what you thought it would be. We'll break that down. It's a late-night episode. Buckle up. This one could have some energy. It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yinz guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? What's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, it's another late one.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll get through that. We're good. <laughs> you work a
0: long day today, didn't you? <laughs>
1: yeah, sure did. Sure did, but I'm good. I'm ready to roll.
0: Yeah, me too. And maybe I'm still a little bit cranky. It's been, I'm, I've been on a little bit of a roll. I'm going to go ahead and ride this through. Feeling a little bit better today than I have through this week, but all of my notes are ticked off. So I'm going to lean into it. If you <laughs> know go. what I mean. <laughs> the GM meetings happened this week. Uh, mostly they were cut short a day due to a virus went around. Uh turned out there was actually as many meetings in the John as there were in conference rooms. So they just said, let's just stop (laughs) this thing. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) During that time though, Sherrington did his yearly interview on MLB Network's hot stove. And we're gonna talk about that tonight. Um it's always fun to talk about Ben Sherrington interviews and (laughs) what they uh how to decipher GM talk especially yeah. when it comes from a GM who's kind of boring you know
1: yeah I don't I don't know that he
0: shows much emotion that's it you he did he did laugh during the interview
1: at one point I was like
0: hey hey yeah and it's <laughs> like you know it's his game face you know it's his poker face he's he can't you know what I mean but we're yeah. gonna talk about what he said and how we can read into it and how you know I don't really it's pretty much what you'd expect, but we're going to talk about mm-hmm. it anyway because that's what we do here. The manager vacancies are starting to fill up around the league. Bob Melvin left the Padres for the Giants. Ron Washington hired by the Angels. Uh, Steven Vogt, surprising to the Guardians. Carlos Mendoza ends up as the new Mets manager, but I thought counsel was going there. Turns out he signed a record contract to manage the Cubs, Joe Espada, who was the bench coach uh, in Houston, was promoted to the manager there to fill Dusty Baker's shoes. There's still some more openings, uh, including mm-hmm. the one in Milwaukee that Craig Council was a free agent, so to speak. Um, what would you think about the drama there? I'm not—we're not going not to go deep into this, but what do you think <laughs> about the drama that happened there? First off, the, well. Go into the Cubs and not the Mets. Was there anything there? Is it the money? What is it for you?
1: I mean, they they offered him eight million dollars. I mean, of course, it's where you're gonna go.
0: Yeah, and maybe the Mets weren't willing to go there. I mean, it was it was said that council was going to try to set a record. And it's like, oh well, um what's his name? Joe Tory made that at one point. Eight million. He's up above eight million, right? Yeah. And so now I think it's funny when I hear people say like he reset the manager. Co-. No, he didn't. Joe Torre made eight million back then, and guess what? Last year it was Tito with four and a half was the highest one. He didn't reset anything until the next guy gets close to that. Yeah. What it looks like right now is an outlier. Jake, his contract is more than Aussie Albie's. Are you telling me he's impacting a game more than Ozzie Albie's?
1: No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> You know, I kind of secretively had a little bit of respect for Craig Council as a manager. Like, I I liked it. I liked him. Sure. He's good. He's good. He's good. And I was like, I I like him as a manager. I think he's doing a good job. All of this, man, I lost a lot of respect for him. Yeah. Just the way he went about it and his vocally just...
0: I'm going to do... uh, I'm going to set a record. Bro, you didn't even win a World Series yet. I'm sorry. You can't be the best till you win a ring. Did he win a playoff series? <laughs> I I, I, like, I didn't I look that I, up. I, I, I don't, don't remember. I don't know if they've made it past the first round. I don't know. But, I mean, granted, they haven't. You know, he's good. He's good. Yeah. Um. But that amount of money, sure, whatever. I, I, you know, I'm not going to get hung up on it. if somebody if somebody yeah it's the way he went about it but also it's the way that he went to the cubs when they had a vacancy and i'm sorry you think you can just go from the brewers to the cubs and everybody's going to be okay with it right when you're like a hometown guy for milwaukee no they're ticked off Mm -hmm. even the owner said something like we let we lost the manager and actually no you know what he lost us when you got an owner saying things like that, you know what I mean, or GM or whoever the heck said it. It doesn't matter. The thing is, is that one hit and mm-hmm. you're not loved anymore. You ruined it all. Yeah. All because you wanted to make the big bucks. I'm sorry. I uh, that to me, I get it. I don't It's not about the like it's fine. If they want to pay him that and he thinks he's worth that and they think he's worth that, then he's worth that. That's all there is to it. But he's making more
1: as a manager than he ever did as a player.
0: Oh, this contract is double what he made as a player. Mm-hmm. Almost double. It's wild. Anyway, that's drama. It's crazy. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm just shocked the way that it went down. And yeah, I'm 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 a little he, it rubbed me the wrong way. And now mm-hmm. he's at the Cubs, which is great cuz now he can just continue to rub me the wrong way and I don't have to like him.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So let's get into some things here. Key Brian Hayes did not win the Platinum Award, Platinum Glove Award. Um, if it was going to happen, it had to be Tatis, right? Couldn't have been anybody yeah. else. He did have a great year, and he's popular. And if we keep using fan votes, this is the way it's going to go. But it's not like he doesn't deserve it. Like if you if you look at the – we like to call out defensive run saved because Key Brian leads the world in defensive run saved when he's playing – this year, he was behind Fernando Tatis. Tatis found a home in right field. He's a very good player, or very good defensive season this year, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Coming from a guy who really wasn't that good at short, um, to go out there and, I mean, he's still got a hose, right? Mm. Figured out yeah. that right field was a good place for him. We've got a couple players with hoses that could figure out right field's a good place for him. Um, and they neither one of them want to do it. So maybe this will help. I don't know. Awards go out this week. Uh, I don't think we're concerned about any of those this year. We're not going to do picks. We've got too much to talk about, for one, but also we've got nobody in here, so I don't really care to. Um, But some notable things coming up this week before we get into the Sherrington stuff. Tuesday, the 14th, players who received a qualifying offer have until 4 p.m. to accept or decline the offer. Rule 5 protection deadline is the 14th. Um, next week we'll have some decisions to react to. Like I said, we've got a lot to go into today. Um, I'm going to say three names. You say, if it's all right, Braxton, Ashcraft, Sung Che Chang, Jace Bowen, maybe those are the three, right? I don't yeah. think, I mean, Jace Bowen, I'm on the fence. There's a lot of, yeah. There's I'm on a lot the of fence about him right now. Yep.
1: Had a good, good winter or fall league. Good showing. season,
0: but you know what I mean? You know, there's three spots available on the 40 man. So, you know, nothing would need to happen. You can let that play out later, all that stuff. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. The 17th, which is Friday, is the non-tender trade deadline. Contact Contacts contracts must be tendered to arbitration eligible players. We have some of those. <laughs> Non-tendered players become free agents with no waivers. They're just immediately free agents on Friday. If they don't have any kind of, you don't have to set your arbitration numbers to them. You just have to tender them some sort of contract. So that's it. Um, So you'll probably likely see a bunch of signings happen. And basically, we'll get into those next week. But there'll be be some movement this week, basically. Yeah. I think once these qualifying offers are accepted or declined, I think there's going to be some movement on maybe one or two big free agents. But I don't know anything. You got anything with any of that? No, no, you ready really? to get into Sherrington? Yeah. All right. Um. In a nutshell, so he goes on Hot Stove. If you if you're unfamiliar with Hot Stove, it's kind of like this morning show on MLB Network. It's Matt Vasgersian and Harold Reynolds most of the time. Uh, who was on there this week? Was it? It wasn't those two. It was um. Ah, uh, what the heck's his name? Uh, uh, Ahmad. I forget. His admin. Name. Admin.
1: Some. Yeah, I, I forget it. Name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then who was who was on there Jake with Peavey. Jake Peavy? Jake that's Peavey. right. It was Jake Peavy because they did the whole talk about the about the uh the World Series and that with, yeah. with Sherrington there. Um so anyway, um as a summary, in a nutshell, anything you, that you didn't expect? Or anything no. that you thought like, oh, oh, I didn't you know what I mean? Not really. Kind of stood out, no. Um, a lot of what he said was pretty standard. I-, I don't really think he unlocked anything for us as if he ever has. He really hasn't. Um, mm-hmm. There were a couple things we can we can kind of unpack. A theme <laughs> for this episode might be that I'm in a mood, so that's not going to change here. We're going to get started into that pretty quick. Um, but if you were overly critical of the things that he said in this interview— um, I think I think you're just reaching for something negative to say, man. I, I just re- this was really pre- pedestrian in my opinion. Uh, GMs should not show their cards. They don't have to say much. Uh, Cashman just got drilled in New York for saying too much. Yeah. Basically, he opened his mouth and said, I think this team is good. And it's been nothing but a barrage of hate going his way. And I'm going to tell you something, man, their team is pretty good. They all underperformed this year. Yeah. So he has a, he has a right to say they're good. Yeah. But he also said they're good. But anyway, the point is, is that Cashman got drilled for saying anything. He let it, he let it kind of come out without his, without his, uh, prepared talk. Right. I mean, we're at the very beginning of the interview, they started off with, Man, I really like your homestead Gray's shirt. You know what I mean? And and yeah. you could tell Sherrington right there was like, I didn't have that question prepared. Because there was like <laughs> a I know there's a delay anyway in those interviews. And so yeah. it, it kind of feels like he wasn't laughing when those guys were laughing at certain <laughs> times. But then it was like, Oh well, he you know, there is a delay. Yeah. Um, but he just said yeah. You know, it's part of our history in Pittsburgh. They got a rich history of baseball. And it was like, wow, it's boring. You could have said, like, yeah, representing or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But he just, you could tell he wants to talk about things that he prepared to talk about. Right. And I just thought, man, that was that was a good indication of that. So what did he say? Where where you want to start? O'Neill Cruz. Let's start with O'Neill Cruz. I think this is kind of I think when I wrote my notes it was kind of in order with the way he did it. Yeah. Not much. He talked about Cruz coming back and then he's excited about it. Uh just a little was said about Cruz getting time in the Dominican Winter League, uh Lidom, I think it's how you say it. Um but it sounded to me <laughs> like they want to get him some time down there to see game action when I think it was reported that Cruz has asked to play down
1: there. Yeah. I think it, to, the way it sounded like he was saying like they they were weighing their options. Like, yeah, you you could go down there. What is it going to be worth it? You know? Right. What if something happens again? What if you reaggravate it? I think we, you know, so they're, they're trying to make the right call.
0: Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where like, if it was really like, he's asking to play, he's in Bradenton right now. So he would just mm-hmm. tell them like, I want to go down there and play. And Ben kind of made it feel like he wants him to, but ultimately it's a decision that they still have to make. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it was necessarily like him trying to say, oh, we want to send him there, but we're not sure if he's going to do it yet. No, no, no. He wants to play there too. And I don't think that what he said was contrary to that. But either way, an injury is significant is what happened to Cruz. You'd like to see him go out there, but... You kind of hope, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. You want to make sure he's a hundred percent there before he goes in and plays. Right. You don't want to see him get hurt down there. Uh, I don't know. Or else you're going to need. They're him. saying
1: he's doing everything. Yeah. In Bradenton, like he's, there's nothing that he's not doing. So.
0: Right, and he said, um, and he said, like, well, we we think with the timeline and the information that I have, he should be ready. Like the, he can't just say like, yeah, you should be ready. But it's like with the information that I've been, you know what I'm saying? Like, gosh, you just GM talk. (laughs) If he's healthy, some game action would be needed though. Like the risk of injury exists. Even if he's healthy, you can't, you can't operate being scared of getting hurt all the time. Right. Like if he's healthy, get him out there to see some game action. It's probably going to help him. He'll have time to rest in between.
1: Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I I think, you know, getting that time in-game stuff is huge, critical, because any time there's any type of injury, you want to move past the injury. So let's move past the injury by getting him some innings down in the Dominican rather than trying to move past it in spring training.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then he went into starting pitching. Obviously, they need starting pitching. He mentioned that he likes the young guys as he should. He, he's the one developing them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but realistically, acknowledge that you can't rely on him in the early season to step up and be that rotation. Um, it's good to know that he isn't going to solely depend on them, that he actually is going to go out and try to get arms. Hopefully it's somebody better. Um, last year, uh, he got uh, the same temporary-type starters to get him through the first few months, and it didn't work out. Velasquez was injured. Rich Hill was a bust uh, for the most part anyway. Um, when those guys didn't step up, like Roanzi and Ortiz and all that stuff, it hurt. They expected those guys to show up. So I'm I'm glad that he's kind of acknowledged the fact that he doesn't want to kind of repeat that. But that's basically all he said. Um, I'm still optimistic about Roanzi. I will say that. Um, and maybe we'll get into that later. Um, but I'm just not going to depend on him being there all season in a way. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. I'd rather get somebody else that I know I can depend on being there. Mm-hmm. Um This team's got to score more runs, he said, while saying that the young players are contributing or continuing to get better is going to be a part of that. What else do you say here? He thinks that Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez and these guys are going to get better. Duh. He should say that, and he should believe that. Mm-hmm. we don't have to replace – we don't have to go get new catchers because our catchers didn't hit. We right. think Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, if he's going to catch, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, You know, it is what it is. Okay, so let, he says let's talk about Kutch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He actually showed a little bit of emotion in this one, I believe, if you can call it that. Yeah. At least there were things that he said about being around Kutch Um, but essentially he said he's coming back. I mean, I read through it. He's coming back and whatever. They're going to make sure he's healthy, you know, due diligence kind of stuff. But also with rule five decisions coming, we said there's three spots open. I don't know if they'll use all three on that, but they should take their time with this. If they've got an agreement with Kutch, I said this before on this show, take your time. There's no reason to sign him right now. I know there's a lot of people saying, just get it done. If he's going to be here. It doesn't have to be that way. If you know he's coming, just give yourself time. You've got rule five decision. You've got tender contracts. It says you've got all these things. Your 40 man roster has to be at 40. If you think you can trade somebody on that roster instead of cut somebody loose, you can keep more guys, trade guys, and then have those 40 man spots open to then sign him and make it official and get him on the 40 man. There's no reason to rush it. Right. It's just going through the motions.
1: If they're both if they're both in agreement, there's nobody going to sweep in and take him.
0: Right. It just is what it is. How about Paul Skeens? What did he say about Paul Skeens? He said the expected things. <laughs> like, it's just all, you know what I mean? He admitted that there's a chance that Skeens could show up in 2024, but he doesn't want to promise anything. So as he shouldn't. As he shouldn't. It'd be absolutely foolish to say anything other than what he said. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just no reason to. He's. What can you point out? He said he will tell us when he's yeah. ready, basically, and obviously that means performance. Not like, hey, man, I'm ready, <laughs> but it's going to be performance, and it's going to be things like that, more than results. You know that they're not stupid. It's going to be how he's doing. If he's throwing all balls like Tyler Glass now was when he was in Triple A, but everybody was swinging at them all. Well, then you know that they should be able to see through that, right? There's no reason to rush him. Um, it's just nothing out of the ordinary here. Nothing to be excited about, nothing to be upset about. It, th- this is what I'm saying. Like, I and I saw a bunch saw a bunch of people saying, Oh, he's you know, Ben Sherrington again, he's not he's gonna worry about super two with Paul Skeens, and it's like, no, he doesn't need to be there. <laughs> he's he just got drafted last year, right? I don't know. I I throw it out the window if he makes it this year. It just doesn't matter. Like, if he makes it to, to the Pirates this year, it's a great story. Right. I mean, it, you just don't get there that quick. And and there are some guys who have. He's probably one of those some guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. think he'll be here. Yeah. We think he's that good. So, I'm just saying, what what is Ben going to say? He's not going to promise him... He wants he wants Skeens to to earn it. Absolutely, you don't want
1: to tell somebody, "Hey, you're going to be in the bigs in June." Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, just cruise
0: control through the first few months and then get there. Get my work in and show up. Nice. Right now. Yeah.
1: And he's not that kind of guy. And I think no, he clearly I think, made that. You know, he made that clear.
0: He did. Yeah. You
1: know, you know he said he's all, he's down in Bradenton already, constantly working, and
0: yeah, you
1: know, so good. Uh, I mean, yeah.
0: He did say good he, things about it, all that.
1: But you're right. If he gets here, he gets here. It's not if he gets here, it's like,
0: oh, yeah, we knew that was coming. He also knows that Paul Skeen's going to hear that interview. Yeah. Nothing out of the ordinary, guys. It's a very expected conversation. Um,
1: and not in a bad
0: way. No. Henry Davis, I thought it was good to hear him say the reasoning behind the whole catcher thing. Which I was, you know, I'm in the camp that says, get this guy learning right field. That We're wasting our time making him learn catch, catch uh, <laughs> making him catch all off season. <laughs> I told you, man, I'm a little bit fired up here. Anyway, he confirmed that Henry's working on catching this off season. which, like I said, if he's working on right field as well, <laughs> I'm okay. But if he's just solely working on catching, I don't know what we're doing. You're going to play both of them part-time? Like, I, I just, I don't know what we're doing. But he said they called him up to help the offense. And he said, at that time, we were still in it. We believed mm-hmm. we were still in it, he said. Or believed we still had a chance, something like that. Um, it was a move to get his bat in the lineup. And he said, what, "What? how did he say it? His bat was ahead of his defense. Right. So instead, you just kind of threw him out in right field and hoped for the best, which is <laughs> one thing, but... When he said, like, we told him he would get the opportunity. He didn't say this verbatim, right? But he basically said that they told him he would get the opportunity to catch. Apparently, that's important to Davis. Well, not apparently. We all know that. He's made that pretty vocal. So for for Ben to say he wants to honor that, I guess I'm not going to argue. Player-centric, right? That's what they've Mm -hmm. been talking about. This is a good example of player-centric where they're saying – we want to put each of these players in their best position but also like if you got a guy who's dead set on something then you want to you want to try to give him that opportunity as much as you can i think there is a time when you say hey i i i know this but i think this is the best right now but it's 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 a player what player centric sometimes means is that you do something for an individual player that maybe doesn't like directly right now help the team but later in his career it could help him. Yeah. And that kind of stinks in a way <laughs> because we're like, yeah, but we just we just want we just want him to figure out right field so he can play out there. I mean, he's athletic, he should be able to figure it out. Right. And that arm could be great out there. Um he also said he can that, that we believe he can do it. Could 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 be a lie, but I support him saying that. Same thing. Henry Davis is going to hear the interview. Um, like a typical Ben Sherrington interview, there were a lot of words and not much said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can be critical yep. of that, or you can just say, that's the way it is. Me personally, that's the way it is. Get over it, man. He's not gonna come out with some crazy thing and be like, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this and this and this and this. I mean, you just don't show your GMs just don't show their cards. The problem with Ben Sherrington is that he doesn't show emotion either. He doesn't show any kind of emphasis on anything, which makes it incredibly boring and whatever. It's I I just had to break it down through those things to hear what did he say about them. And I listened to this interview probably six times. Kept playing him, kept watching him answer questions, kept <laughs> digging through what he was saying because I was like, I just don't have a problem. I mean, it was, like I said, it was pedestrian. Yeah. Anyway. All right, let's move into free agency. Um, we, I mean, we see all the takes. We see what everybody's saying. We see what all the predictions are for who's going to go where and whatever. If the pirates are going to make a splash anywhere, if they're going to make a splash anywhere and go sign somebody that is a, a bona fide real deal type guy, mm-hmm. it's gonna, it's going to be surprising to most of the league. <laughs> so if they're not in predictions, who cares? Because right. it's going to be surprising to those people, probably surprising to a lot of listeners of this podcast. Because maybe you don't, maybe you're out there saying, we need to do something to make it, to make an impact. We need to really fill in this hole and fill in that hole. And then you go and you say, let's sign X guy. And it's like, how did you say you wanted to make an impact and yet you shot low? Yeah. Why are there not more people saying, Jordan Montgomery? Now, personally, Jordan Montgomery's probably outpricing the Pirates, realistically. Yeah. He's probably above there. Qualifying offer guys, probably out, right? If you're mm-hmm. out there saying Blake Snell, not going to happen. First thing, qualifying offer. Second thing, he doesn't pitch innings. He never <laughs> yeah, faces we... the lineup the third time through. Yeah. And one of the, you were just about to say it, right? One of the things that we need. Are innings. Are innings. We need guys to go out there and pitch innings. We can't have guys coming out every fourth, fifth inning. I mean, that guy doesn't even know what the seventh inning looked like last year. One time, I think, he went in the seventh inning. What was the Um, number? He faced four hitters a third time. Was it something crazy like that? Maybe 12? It was very low. Yeah. And it win a Cy Young for it. He was great. And (laughs) if you have a staff that goes deep, then he can be great for you by not going deep.
1: Yeah. I mean... You Look at some of the guys we signed in the past, and it's like he's an innings eater, he's an innings eater, he's an innings eater,
0: yeah. And, and I they think they like,
1: and, and it's not necessarily like we're not looking at the innings eater aspect as much as we're just looking at, you know, can he pitch innings, quality innings? Whereas well, yeah, and I we're think, like, this dude just he's gonna he go out there and throw innings
0: 100%. I, <laughs> I, and that's the big thing is yes, you do need innings, that is very like you need a guy to go out there that's 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 not injury prone and also that pitches you know a little bit deeper into games sometimes or at least gives you an opportunity to do that you know what i mean a guy who yeah. you think he's going to go out there and throw 150 plus innings this year 170 innings that'd be you know what i'm saying that'd be ideal yeah. to go get a guy like that and uh, i mean i don't know i mean I'm sure that that Blake Snell pitched 150 innings, right? I mean, he had to. Yeah, he pitched 180 innings. So when you look at the like the bulk of that, right? He made all 32 starts. So he he pitched the innings when it comes to that, right? It's mm-hmm. just that that wear and tear on your on your bullpen because he doesn't go deep into games. But he he got all his starts. So he would qualify here with 180 innings. He would qualify as a guy who is reliable to go out there and pitch innings, right? Yeah um, I think for what we're looking for is not a guy who has to come out before he faces a team a third time. In order for him to have a 225 ERA and be worth the money that he's going to make, that's how you have to that's how you have to take that's how you have to do it with him. yeah He's not going to face him a third time through anyway. So let's talk about some of the guys that we think uh, really we should be talking about, that the Pirates should be targeting, realistically targeting. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start with the biggest and most impactful one, Eduardo Rodriguez. Do you have any objections to that? Absolutely not. So like I'm I'm not crazy. I'm not coming out here saying, you know, he's got no qualifying offer. He's a left-handed pitcher. Which is big time, which is why people are saying Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery, and that makes sense. Those are good things. Mm-hmm. I just think that they're not realistic. I think they'll, I think they'll be up there. Yeah. But Eduardo Rodriguez maybe is just falling right under them. Not to mention Aaron Nola, uh, Yamamoto, even Strowman probably gets more attention in a way because of the fact that he's you know maybe a little bit on the higher price side. Yeah. But this should be target number one, in my opinion. The fact that he's left-handed, uh, if they can be aggressive while the top end of that stuff is getting figured out and go in there, we think he likes – he did say that there's no ge- uh, geography, like we said before, where he was. He turned down a trade to the Dodgers to stay closer to his family. He did. Him and his agent came out and said, geography's not a thing. I'll sign anywhere. It might have just been a midseason thing, but if he signs somewhere now, he would relocate or whatever. I don't know, but he basically yeah. said it's not going to be a deal. So maybe that's a thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're just giving you some conversation to make sure that they get the best offers. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but also, there's a little bit of it that you know that makes you think like L.A. versus Detroit. Nobody's paying attention. He was in Boston before. It was a big deal. No, everybody was paying attention to him. Maybe he likes that, and so you kind of wonder if maybe that's a good fit there, and maybe I'm reaching. Maybe I'm totally reaching. But I just feel like they should be aggressive after a guy like this. Left-hander just reminds me of, of guys that have been like Aliriano, you know what I mean, who's been really good in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I think as a lefty, I think that'd be a great fit and still one of the top end guys who can slot right into that too, right behind Mitch. Um, you know, if that's where they're going, I just don't see them. I just don't see them going out and, and getting a, an Aaron Nola to go in front of Mitch. I just don't see it happening. No. Not with the qualifying offer and the amount of money that he's going to get. It's just not realistic to me. It's going to be, Eduardo falling in right behind him. And you know that in two years, Skeens is on top of both those guys. But yeah. talk about a one, two, three of Skeens, Keller, Eduardo. And then, my goodness, just fill out two more of all these guys we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's Oviedo or Rowanzi or um, and you start Priester. to go down. Priester, Jared Jones, um, even Luis Ortiz. I mean, let's not completely shut the door on this guy. Right. right. Um, But then you can start talking about when does Bubba Chandler show up? When does Anthony Solomito show up? All of a sudden you're saying if, I mean, not all those guys are going to work out, but you only need two of them to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'd be number one after him. If maybe you miss out on him, because I don't think probably both of these guys, but if you miss out on him, Lucas Giolito, I think, is is coming under the radar a little bit. He's had a couple bad years, but even with the White Sox last year, he was good. 379 ERA with the White Sox before he got traded to the Angels, where pitchers go to die. And he struggled with the Rangers. And then, and then in Cleveland after that, which really felt like a kind of a weird scenario anyway. It was that waiver claim and the I said Indians, didn't I? Guardians. Uh <laughs> The Guardians went in and kind of grabbed him, and I think it was kind of like that, uh, you know, weird thing. He did not pitch well there either. Actually, even worse there. I think I don't Mm -hmm. remember, but but either way, I still think there's something in this guy, and you could buy low on him right now, at least you know somewhat. I still think he's going to be a little bit higher. I think that he believes. I think that a lot of people still believe in what he has, but the one thing this guy's doing all the time, thirty. Thirty starts, thirty three starts, thirty two starts, twenty nine starts, thirty ones. You know what I'm saying? Like that, he's mm-hmm. had several years of getting twenty nine or more. One, two, three, four, five. According to my notes, five years out of six. COVID year was only twelve, but that's you know whatever. Yeah. So five years out of six, he's making at least twenty nine starts. You know what I'm saying? Over hundred and seventy innings pitched for four years now. Um, and you know, that's kind of what we're talking about. He's only 29.
1: Yeah. This, this is the, he's one of the ones that I've been talking about a lot, you know, for a while now and just think it'd be a good, a good fit, man. It's, it's not a complete like reclamation project. Right. I I don't see that being the case here. Mm -hmm. Is he got some tweaking to do? Sure. Mm Maybe. Maybe. But it's not a full-blown reclamation.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, if you're missing out on Erod because of the outpriced thing, this mm-hmm. could be your guy. He's probably gonna fall in just a little bit under that. Um, and yeah, you've heard the rumors about him going to Atlanta. I think that would be pretty cool. Him and Flaherty and Max Fried were all teammates in high school. Mm-hmm. That's nuts, by the way. Yeah, you imagine going up against that high school team. <laughs>
1: Flaherty was a big. Uh, I think he was their center fielder. Oh really? I think so. One of them. One of them was a hitter too, and and they just
2: raked. Huh.
0: Um. Okay. So let's keep moving because there's another. There's those other guys. Flaherty. We've heard Flaherty brought up a lot. Um. To be honest with you, I think Flaherty is one of those. Like he's a secondary guy that you need to sign. If you get one of Rodriguez or or Giolito there needs to be another one. And I think it needs to be one of those, probably Vince Velasquez type, you know what I mean? Even, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Quintana even, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah. this is a guy who you're, you're saying, let's bring a guy in on a one-year deal as kind of like a, you know, an innings eater, much like mm-hmm. what you saw from like Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez last year. Like, yeah, we don't know if he's going to last all year, Rich Hill had a bunch of injury problems throughout his years, and he's 70 years old. So he was one that we were like, Yeah, we don't know if he'll make all those starts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of one of those things where you get a guy like that where you can say, Give him like a little bit of a prove it deal, and he can pitch. And if he doesn't work out, and we're about halfway through the year, and you have an opportunity to bring somebody else up who's doing well. Then he's the guy to go, kind of a thing, right? But you need to have him there on the onset so that you're not forcing Quinn Priester or Luisa Ortiz into the rotation if they shouldn't be there. You right. know what I'm saying? Like they need to know, they need to earn their place there. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason Rowanzi's not on that list is because he's got no options to be sent down. So Rowanzi kind of has to be there. And then he also has to get better. And we'll talk about him a little bit later. But this other thing is there's two guys out there that I've been kind of seeing that people aren't talking about that much. Flaherty, the, Flaherty's kind of like, there's a lot of projections out there saying he's going to make like 15 million. And I'm like, I don't think I'm ready to go full reclamation project on a guy making 15 million.
2: Yeah. Not in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah.
0: So two guys that kind of stick out here as like a, you know, three, four guy, five guy, maybe. I mean, for me, Rohanzi. It going to be that five guy right now. I mean, he has to be considered that for me. I need somebody slotting in a little better than that. Sean Manaya which I know we've talked about a lot as pirate fans, but I think he's there. I'm not a big fan of him, but he's left-handed. And Wade Miley's the other one who opted out. He was going to make $10 million. He opted out. So you're probably, you're probably looking at 10 to 12. I don't really know what he's looking for. He's old, but he's still effective. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so that's another one that he could be really good at PNC Park. Left-hander, both of them are left-handers. They could end up being really good. I think Miley's probably safer, but maybe more expensive. So I don't really know. And, and you know, maybe I'll have comments about money too. <laughs> and the last one, without giving you a chance to talk about them because I'm I'm trying to get some timing stuff here. Reese Hoskins. Like, why are we not going down this path? He's a Scott Boris client. He's going to sign a short-term deal. I know they said, we're open to a pillow contract. You prefer a pillow contract, Boris. I know you do. (laughs) We've seen your track record. (laughs) This guy's going to sign a one- to two-year deal. If it's two years, it'll have an opt-out out out of the first year. Guess what? He'll opt out. It's almost a guarantee. Unless he ends up not playing well like Conforto, he'll opt out. I, he, it's going to be short-term. If it's a one-year deal, which essentially it's going to be, right? It's Mm going to be a one-year deal. Then there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. It doesn't exist. Right. If you pay too much, it's like, ah, it's just one year. Now, if it's two years with an opt-in and he's really bad, then you have to pay him for second year. I mean, he probably bounces back. I mean, this guy's good. Yeah. (laughs) He's a hitter. I mean, when it's all said and done, He's got to be a top 10. We looked at the first base, like, teams with first base. They're they're not that good right now. First base is not good right now. No. Like, it's fine. There's some really good players. I bet he's in that back half of the top 10.
1: I mean, I I don't see why he would slip out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Dude uh, hits. uh, I've heard he's not good defensively. Dude, we need runs. (laughs) <laughs> we need to score runs, and this guy yeah. will help score runs. I'm not worried about he's a major league first baseman. He might not win a gold glove, but he's a major league first baseman. He's not terrible- it's not Yoshi out there. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? He's fine, right, and he's going to make such a difference on the offensive side of things that I think you got to let that go for a minute.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This would be the best first baseman we've had in a long time, yeah. As far as the total package, like get the plate and everything, and I've heard the argument: Well, they, you know, they'll will sign him for one year, and then they'll trade him. Yeah, yeah. If we're not in it, you'll trade him. That's what 100%. you have to do. Yeah, How many times what you, have we talked that's what about you that? You
1: want to do. It, like it, if if you're not in it, you want to trade those guys so you can bolster you know your depth and you
0: can you got to keep an, them another, coming. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. It, as fans, we have we have more information than we've ever had before. We should know by now that signing short-term deals and trading away those players is something that's super helpful for a team. On one side, you get a solid bat, help your team win games for this year. If you're winning games, what a good thing to have. Yeah. And if you're not winning games, then that player would typically help other players learn while he's there and then you flip him and and just and if he's really good and he's going to a contender you typically get something yeah. a guy like we I mean we traded Rich Hill and Carlos Santana last year neither of those guys can touch what the difference that Reese Hoskins could make on a team he's a good playoff mm-hmm. player you know what I'm saying he's been there before that impact is way greater than what those two can offer Right down in the, right. in the trade deadline. So you're going to get something better for that. You, you think the Cardinals are just going to sit in last place and accept that?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Do you think that the Cubs have nothing to prove this year after signing the biggest manager contract ever <laughs> and kind of finding their way back into it last year? You think the Reds are fake? when the truth is they they probably have done it better and never sold everything off because they went out and signed guys like Castellanos and Moustakas while they were rebuilding. Yeah. To three, four-year deals, whatever it was. And some say they're going to get Sonny Gray back. Maybe they do. They're not just going to sit around and not be good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like our whole division is going to be a little stronger than it was last year.
0: I mean, it kind of has to be because it was the
1: exception of maybe the Brewers. I think the Brewers are going to take a step back, but
0: yeah, and they seem like they're cutting a little bit, and they're they're going to they've already lost Woodruff, right? Because of the shoulder surgery.
1: Yeah, and they've already said that there's not a player they won't listen about. Right. Everybody's available, so they may have a fire sale this offseason.
0: I mean, you just never know. So maybe, but the thing is, is it's not easy. Right. It's not supposed to be. Right. But they need to go out and they need to get the right players. And I don't care how much they cost or how little they cost. Build a team to win games. Forget the cost. Forget the money altogether. Don't even think about it. What you need to do is think about getting talented players here. No matter how much they cost, get talented players there. If it means you have to overpay on someone who's the right fit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you have to overpay just to beat out another team, I mean... There's all kinds of, oh, Cubs are interested in this guy, cubs are interested in that guy. If the Cubs are interested in a guy that you want, you may have to outprice them if they're the right fit. And I'm leaving obviously we don't know that. We that's our our front office is the ones that gotta figure that crap out. But the thing is, is like I'm ignoring costs altogether, right? And don't ignore players because they cost too much. Don't ignore players because they don't cost enough. It's ridiculous to say, but (laughs) <laughs> it, it is true though, because people say like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's not proven or he's not, he's, he's not been good. Say like Andy or something. Well, right. you plan on him being good. Right. Okay. So I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be here to sugarcoat any moves. I'm not going to pretend like I know better. Uh, and I'm not going to be afraid to admit I'm wrong or to just afraid to be wrong. Right. I'm just gonna share what I think, and if it's wrong, it's fine. But the thing is, is like I'm just tired of hearing whatever it is, whatever it is. Oh well, you know they don't spend. They gotta get to a hundred million to win. That's ridiculous, like <laughs> a magic number. If you get to that number, the the guys that you signed were the right guys. Like you go get the right guys. If it's right. 150 million t- in order to do it, then d- I don't care, dude. Build a team. No matter how much they cost or don't cost, build a team that's going to fit with your plan and what you're doing. Yeah. And go out there and win games. Let's talk about a problem that we have and that we've been hearing a lot about. Okay? Mm -hmm. We have a young player issue right now when it comes to talking about your team. And I am... I guess I'm just getting sick of hearing about who... Enter player name here is. Okay? Like, oh, that that that's what you can expect from this guy. I don't know. Let's talk about any of our guys. Let's talk about Johan Oviedo. When you say you never know what you're going to get, you're right. Like, you did not know what you were going to get. Key did not. He's young, right? Every season, he has the ability to get better. Mm-hmm. Here comes a broken record if you're getting ready for it. He has the ability to regress, too. But the thing is, is that they typically get better. History tells us that they typically get better as they go. If Oviedo pitches like he did last year in every season in the MLB, he'll have a job in a rotation as a 4 or 5 guy because those the games that he's awesome, that's great. He helped us out. The games that he's not, we kind of saw that coming. He's still a major league pitcher. Yeah. Right? Does he have a job in this rotation? <laughs> yes, we've got Absolutely. nobody else. <coughs> you, you you're you're not gonna go sign a pitcher to take his place unless you're trading him away. Right. That's just not gonna happen. He will be there. Count him in. In pen, if you want. <laughs> when when makes his comments about his young pitchers, um, he's right, you can't block them. You have to figure out a way, though. It's conditional, right? You have Mm -hmm. to create a plan that pushes for a battle. You can't just say, well, they've got jobs. Oviedo's probably not in that battle, though, unless he puts himself in that battle in the the spring by being terrible, but you can't replace him heading into spring training not knowing that, or else you're blocking guys. You want to give him the opportunity to get better. And I'm gonna say the same thing, and we're gonna move right into Ronzi Contreras because it's the same thing as no no options. And me and Yark, God bless that guy. Uh, we had we had a back and forth about Ronzi this week, and I'm calling Yark out because Yark's awesome. <laughs> and he's a lot of fun to debate with. It's all all in good, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a good sports debate. That's that's mm-hmm. what sports are for to debate and yark's good at it and he's a lot of fun to to do that and i and i figure i can call him out cuz he's going to be like yeah that's fine i right. you know what i'm saying like he's no, he's no he knows i'm not attacking him i, mean, I it, it's kind of the thing I, I like going back and forth with him a little bit because i know that there's at least i think that, that there's like a little <laughs> bit of respect going both ways and um he did little convincing me of this one uh, i think he put him and bailey falter on the same plane That's not even close in my opinion. Um, But I am hung up on the ceiling, which is what I was, what Yark told me. I was hung up on his ceiling and I am because I think that's the most important thing right now. We need ceiling players. He Mm -hmm. has, if he's back, he has the, he has the potential to be a star, not just like a, Hey, like Oviedo to me is like, he's going to be a good pitcher in the league. I think. Rowanzi has the potential to be so much more than that. And he really just had one bad season. I'm not going to DFA a guy after one season. I have to see Rowanzi pitch. It may only last two months because if I don't see anything in two months, I'm ready to move on only yeah. because it's that time. Mm-hmm. If this was 2022, I'd give him four months. If it was 2021, I'd give him the whole season but it's not anymore. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh mm-hmm. it, even 2023 there was some limits there, right? And he But this year it's going to be cut a little it's going to be cut shorter. I can't give him a huge leash because this team expects to win. Yeah. And you can't have him going out there and keeping you away from that. If he has a 6 ERA after 2 months, I'm sorry, he's gone. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm with you there. But he, but you can't go sign three starters and not give Rowanzi a path to be in the rotation. For me. Because I think his yeah. ceiling is too high. I think that he's 24. Yeah. And this guy, <laughs> fix the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Don't just write him off. He's gonna, you know, what I'm saying, like, if he figures this out somewhere else, you're gonna be like, uh huh, just because of the impact that he can make. Right. What do you got on these two, Oviedo Contreras, whatever one you want to talk about, or both, or whatever. What do you got?
1: So the first thing I'm gonna say is uh, I, I I put them on the same ceiling. I, I have them at the same ceiling. You think? Um, yeah. maybe I'm. Johan, you think Oviedo, I'm? You think
0: I'm high I, on Rowanzi?
1: No, I think you're under on uh, Oviedo. I think Oviedo okay. has the. I think he's got the potential to be just as big of a star as Ronzi Contreras. I think they're they're both on like that two or three in any rotation when they're at their best. So I, I don't. I don't want to go on record saying these two are both ace material.
0: Sure, I got. No, I get they're, you. They're
1: two or three guys. You know what I mean. And you put them in the best rotation you possibly can. They're both good three guys if they're pitching their best baseball. You know what I mean? And
0: you think though, on Rowanzi though, on Rowanzi though, you think though, because we went into 23 wondering who was going to step up as the ace, whether it was Keller or Rowanzi. Like I had him, had he taken from where he was last year, had he taken another step and gotten even better? I mean, I had him on star level. Like he could have anchored this rotation in a couple of years. Now this yeah, was pre-skeens, I mean, this is pre-skeens draft. You know what I'm saying? But sure. And I'm sure. saying, like, if he goes another level, and he he went, he regressed.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, I, yeah. So I maybe I, just,
1: I, I don't know. I I look at the makeup of Oviedo and I see the swing and miss and like his Physical stature is just a Mm -hmm. prototypical stud pitcher stature. Tree trunks for legs. (laughs) Tall. You know, just he gets down the mound so well. It's just all this stuff. I see star pitcher when I'm looking at him. Contreras, you see star pitcher when you're looking at him. So I mean, I I get what you're saying. I think you're underselling Oviedo ju- just a tad, even though I don't think you're low on him by any stretch of the means. But it's I just, mean, the
0: thing for me with Oviedo is I, I mean he's a major league pitcher.
1: I'm not going to yes. block
0: him. Right. That to me, that's spending dumb money.
1: But I think one of the things that, that that you that you said was fix the problem. Yeah. And I think that's the problem in our organization right now. It's not, I, I think that development is a little bit of an issue. I We we kind of talked about this throughout the week, like some of these young guys talking about these two pitchers. They're both young guys. You got to be able to develop that to translate it from AAA to the major league. Mm-hmm. We, we can't keep developing quad A players. We yeah. can't keep developing these guys who they're raking in AAA. And we bring them up. Struggle,
0: mm-hmm. well, like but that that mightily, should be okay. I mightily, mean, like, I, one of the things is, and I, I don't want to go too much of a rabbit hole here because because of timing and everything, but it's like we've got a a, a, a a organization stockpile full of like really good supporting players, and we don't have any Corbin Carrolls.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? We just don't. So how do you? We, you can still have a good baseball team because we're gonna have good players, but like you're gonna have a lot of Neil Walkers out there. And Neil Walker was a good player, but he never made an all-star team. He never hit 30 home runs. He never won a batting title. You know what I'm saying? But he was a good mm-hmm. player.
1: Hey, he's somebody you wanted on your
0: team. You wanted him on your team. He was impactful. He could he could play that role. He hit fourth a lot and it was and it was fine because he was good enough. Mm-hmm. But McCutcheon was the star. And then you had Marte, who was that second-tier star, you know, just a little bit better than that. And, you know, some other guys uh, filled in here and there. But, like, guys like Neil Walker. And, yes, say what you want, but for a short time, Pedro Alvarez. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Led the league in home runs for a season and, um, you know, stepped up in in certain ways and was good in the postseason. But you have those – Josh Harrison, those supporting player type guys. We've got a bunch of those. We don't have those upper echelon. It seems like you want Henry to be that guy. You want O'Neill Cruz to be that guy. I don't even think, I mean, Brian Reynolds is going to be that Marte type where he's, he's, you know, he's going to, he's able to make an all-star team. He's that good, but I don't know that he's that like McCutcheon level. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that we have that guy. And yeah. I, yeah. Either way, though, fix the problem when we go back to that. I mean, if it's velocity, we got the same problem with Quinn Priester and Luis Ortiz, and we can say that stuff too. Um, we can talk about them, and you can say, "Well, Quinn Priester's terrible." He's not terrible. He's young. He barely got right. a cup of coffee in this league. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was a he was a top 100 prospect. Yeah, I guess all the scouts who watch talent for a living and evaluate talent for a living, we're wrong about him then, right? We mm-hmm. know better because we work at Walmart on the night shift and see all the highlights from all the games, so we know that Quinn is not going to be any good. <laughs> like, those kind of takes are garbage. He got a cup of coffee. Give him an opportunity. Luis Ortiz, It. He was. he's a little bit different. He wasn't a big prospect, and then all of a sudden he came out of nowhere and he was throwing gas, and now he's not throwing gas anymore. So what do you do with him? I don't know. You find out if you can throw gas again. Fix that problem for these guys. Yeah. Why aren't we throwing the heat? Yeah. But and, that doesn't and, make and, these and, guys garbage players until they can do it year in and right. year out. Quinn Priester right. hasn't had a shot yet. Luis Ortiz had a, a really great year and then kind of regressed. And maybe Luis Ortiz just doesn't ever get that back. Right. But maybe he does. I don't know. But you just can't. He's got two options remaining. Use them. Nick Gonzalez, Leo Verpiguerro, they, they just didn't get all of their opportunities. G1 Bay took them all. Right? And I understand it. G1 Bay has these things that are that the other that nobody else can do. 24 steals last year. We don't have guys that can do that. So they gave him the lion's share to say, if we could figure anything out and, and he already has this. But Nick Gonzalez yeah. just, I mean, you could almost call what he had with a cup of coffee. He just didn't get an opportunity to play. There's a good chance that one of those guys, maybe maybe Piguero, starts actually taking a couple walks, or <laughs> you know <laughs> can consistently hit well. And maybe Nick Gonzalez actually—I mean, like a bunch of people would have drafted him. Yeah, you gotta give him a shot to see. I mean, mm-hmm. he's all—you know—he figures out AAA. It's already there, but I—I I just one of these guys has to step up. But the other thing is—is is, They've got to have an opportunity to. You can't go out and trade for a second baseman or sign a second baseman. Like it's just it's stupid money again. You've got mm-hmm. guys there who could prove it, who could get an opportunity to prove it. And our young guys are going to tell the story of how this team is in 24, especially if you do your job in the free agent market. But if you do your job in the free agent market and you go get a couple pitchers, and maybe you get Reese Hoskins. Something like that. I don't really know. You're going to have Cruz back. If, if, if all these guys can take another step forward, we watch Jack Swinski get better from one year to the next. Swinski's got to get rid of those lengthy str- struggles. It's Josh Bell all yeah. over again. Get rid mm-hmm. of those. And he's gotten better each year. Sorry, hit my mic there. He's gotten better each year. And he got better last year. Now right. let's see if he can get better again. Let's see if he can figure out a way to keep getting better. That's what young players do. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to tell the story of this team and how we do. The other thing I I, I want to touch on, and we're at an hour, um, so we need to wrap this up. Once again, I'll say it. If you weren't going to listen to this last thing, you've probably already turned it off. The real ones are sticking around to hear me go on my little rants. But can we pump the brakes on Jared Triolo a little bit? <laughs> Jared Triolo impressed me. Yeah. He is a as far as what I can see right now and once again, I don't get to see him every day and I'm not I don't get paid to be a player evaluator. However, I saw him and he did not impress me. He looked he looked clunky defensively at short and third and he didn't look like he could hit But he was newly off the injury. When he came up to Pittsburgh, things started clicking for him, and he looks like a capable player. He looks like a player I want on this team. Mm -hmm. But I also see him with a lot of value playing third base, playing second base, playing first base, and maybe I'd like to see him at short some more. His value will be increased by playing those positions. We cannot mm-hmm. be satisfied putting him at first base. He's not the answer at first base. Right. We could look at all the numbers. I mean, he had 200 plate appearances. What do we got? What do we got here? I got these notes here. 200 at-bats. Less than 200 at-bats is mm-hmm. not enough to hand him the keys. 200 plate appearance. 440 batting average on balls in play. 440. Good enough for a 116 OPS plus. Okay, 440, 116. If you remember back to 2020, when we brought Key Brian Hayes up, he was 24, a year younger than Triolo. He had a 450 batting average on balls in play, just 10 points better. His OPS plus was 201. Did a lot more damage. Mm -hmm. And we know, because we've seen it, Key had some growth offensively. Throw some injuries in there. That's fine if you want to. That's fine. I mean, I'm, you know we're fans of of Key Brian Hayes here. Yeah. But it took him a couple years to really let, get that back going. Maybe it doesn't take Triolo all that time. Maybe there were some things that Key did. But the point is, is like, we've seen this before. I think maybe pump the brakes a little bit. He's still going to go through his growing pains. Triolo yeah. would be an ideal bench player. Mm-hmm. And I just, he could play all four infield positions. That'd be great to have. You could be plugging him in there. Eventually, he could win that second base job. I really believe that. Especially when we're sitting here talking about Nick Gonzalez and Leo Pagaro not stepping up and G1 Bay being two and a half miles away. Triolo could win that second base job. But why give him the keys to first base without even entertaining going out and spending some money on first base? On a guy who could thump. Yep. It just doesn't make sense to me. Pump the brakes just a little. Let's allow him to struggle a little bit. Because I can see this from a mile away right now. What we're going to do is he's going to struggle next year, and you're going to say, ah, it was a fluke. He stinks. (laughs) Well, no. He's just going through it, man. You can't give a stereotype to players Like Oviedo, Uh, that's his thing, man. You just never know what you're going to get. No, that was his thing at 24 years old in 2023. Give him a shot. Give him a shot to get better. These guys don't show up as the best version of themselves. Garrett Cole, look at Garrett Cole. Regarded as one of the top five pitchers in baseball right now. He had one good year in Pittsburgh. That's probably not accurate. He had one great year in Pittsburgh, right? He had (laughs) one ace-level year in Pittsburgh. And now he's ace level all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you still develop when you get here. There's still things that you can get better at. And I think we just need to pump the brakes on saying we know who this player is because this is what he did last year. Just slow down. Let's see how this works. All of these guys have the potential to just get a little bit better. Some of them have the potential to get a lot a bit better. Like Andy and Henry Rodriguez or <laughs> Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis <laughs> their names shouldn't be similar those guys have the potential to get a lot better right yeah. and and maybe you get something out of Nick Gonzalez what do you you know what I'm saying he doesn't have to be a world beater if he could be a good player mm-hmm. i
1: think i I think I think he has the potential he could come out and be another Freddy Sanchez. Hmm. I think his hit tool could be that good.
0: Except the strikeouts though. He's not going to get rid of those strikeouts. If anything, I think, if anything, I think some of them, but sure. you're Right. But that's, you know, that's not, I don't, I don't think that that, I think maybe more power, less 300, you know what I'm saying? I think that he can develop a little more of that gap to gap slugging than than Freddie, but probably not for as high of an average. I thought drafting him, I thought. Yeah. But that's not what we've seen at all. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like he's not shown right. that at all at any level that he could be that kind of a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you kinda at this point you're just you're banking on him being a twelve to fifteen homer guy, hitting around two fifty and playing good enough defense. I mean if his defense can be as good as Neil Walker's, it's good enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But either way, that's a fine player hitting seventh in your lineup, right? You know, and we've got enough guys that we, he shouldn't. He doesn't have to develop into a three hitter or a right. leadoff hitter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Either way, either way, we got to wrap this thing up. Once again, Rule Five decisions will be made this Tuesday. All players have to have a contract handed to him by Friday. Um, we'll cover those decisions next week. Thanks for letting me blow off some steam here. If I if I said something that maybe struck a nerve with you, um, you know, these are these are my takes. They could be just as bad as yours, depending on who you're listening to. So, uh, you know, I'm not worried about being wrong. Um, <laughs> these are just, this, this is just the things that I'm seeing. I, I'm a little more patient with the young guys and money doesn't mean anything to me. Just go out and get the right player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just go get the right player. I don't care what it costs. Money doesn't buy wins. Players do. Go get the players, no matter yeah. what. Get the players. Um, expect to see signings this week. I don't know. What do you got? What do you got? I know you have a closing thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh the Rays. The Rays hired Tony Watson and the job and player development department. Just thought that was pretty cool.
0: Tony's getting into some coaching. Mm-hmm. So I, guess I always liked Tony. Oh yeah. All right, well, wish me good uh, this week because I've just been cranky. <laughs> I could go for a good week. Maybe we'll have a fun yeah. episode next week instead of Josh yelling at everybody.
1: <laughs> I don't know. They're kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just get to kick back and listen and <laughs> chime in every once in a while.
0: I said at the beginning, like, I had a pretty good day today, right? Uh-huh. Um, but my notes were ticked off. And I was kind of wondering, like, am I going to really be able to to channel how tick yep then uh, i was able to do it (laughs) i think i got on a roll there so all right man um have a great week guys uh thanks for listening again um if you're listening on youtube or watching on youtube leave a comment down there let us know whether you think it's funny or whether you think nick gonzalez stinks or whatever i don't care it's just fun sports debate stuff. Just don't call me an idiot for it, right? You know what I'm saying? Right, let's have some right. let's be civil about it. <laughs> but either way, uh have a good week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Let's go, Bucks. Yep.
1: Let's go Bucks.
2: Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two October.
1: Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go Bucks!